Hey Robin. Uh, yeah? You know what makes me hard? Whoa. Uh, what, what makes you harder, Gina? Real hard. Uh, what makes you re- real hard? There is nothing in this world harder than hardware, and that's what we're covering <laughs> this week on the Winner Winner PUBG <laughs> podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Arjuna. And I'm the other host, Robin, and I'm very relieved that that was your answer. <laughs> you know, I don't know where your mind went. <laughs> I don't know where all y'all's minds went listening to this. But yeah, I was purely, I was thinking about those ones and zeros, baby. Yep. Pure thoughts about silicon. S- silicon, electricity. Mmm, it's so tasty. Uh. Man, I, I tell you what, like, hardware gets people's juices flowing like nothing else, dude. I didn't always feel that way about it, and I'm really glad I feel that way about it now. It's, it was <laughs> one of those things that took me a really long time to just, like, not be frustrated about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because early on, I just, I would hear about specs, and my computer wouldn't work, and th- having to figure out why it wasn't working well was just, like, one of the most stressful questions in the world to me. Because I knew absolutely <laughs> nothing about how computers worked. Yeah. So when you have to figure out why something as complicated as a computer isn't working, you're just like, oh, I have no fucking idea. And I really don't want to know. Like, I, <laughs> I was like averse to it. And now I've done a complete 180 and I, I can't learn enough. So Yeah, you caught the late. bug. I caught the bug late. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know. I was going to say I kind of lucked out because I got into it during the best period in your life to get into anything, which is in my teenage years. Mm-hmm. And so I just had endless fucking time and patience to grind through it. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I just I mean, I can't tell you how many hours I spent in my teen years just like that's OK. That's why you thought ATI was different than AMD. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, it goes way back, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, ATI's been around forever. Yeah. They're one of the originals, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I've been in this game since 3DFX, you know, and anyone listening to this, if they know, if they recognize the name 3DFX, then like... I actually don't. Yeah, guaranteed yeah. you're in your 30s. So mm-hmm. anyway... I, I'm just stoked to talk about my new Voodoo graphics card. <laughs> Do you get that reference? I oh, I, I loved it. <laughs> Voodoo <laughs> graphics. Oh man. Yeah, I'm I'm stoked to talk about it. We're gonna bring on a few guests tonight, and uh, yeah, we, we're gonna have Sokola to help us discuss the streaming side of things, and we're gonna have the basic bro to deliver some homework he's done on the various Xbox One systems, and you know, there's the One S and the One X, mm-hmm. and what all of that means and the implications for that. So, yeah, it's going to be a doozy, dude. Yeah, there's a lot to cover. Mm-hmm. Do we have any intro stuff to get into? I think we got some announcements here. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Okay. So, first one is, I just saw a news item today that someone went back and looked at all the reports of, like, how many people had been banned each week by Blue Hole. Yeah. And... 13 million accounts have been banned <laughs> since mid 2017. You know, which is pretty amazing. Dude, isn't it embarrassing that PUBG's ban population is higher than most other games' total player population? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's just mind blowing. Uh, like, yeah. 
I, do, like any game out there would dream that they've had to ban 13 million people. Yeah, definitely. And and yet I wonder, I, I, I think it comes into the early access debate or it relates to the early access debate, which is you get something out the door and if it's not ready in the wrong ways, then it can bite you for a long time. Mm. And this this particular vulnerability bit them for months after the 1.0 release. Yeah. I think it's finally settled down, which I'm very grateful for. But Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I I have really not run across many cheaters in the game lately, although admittedly I do play pretty much only FPP. Yeah. No, I feel like it's not something I worry about anymore. Though I'm sure they're out there here and there. Yeah. Um yeah, we don't see them on the streamers' channels as much anymore either. So, mm-hmm. um, and I saw the graph of people being banned, and it's really settled down. Um, mm, okay. So, um, anyway, another cool announcement is one of our Discord members and gaming buddies, MTB Trigger, is feeling generous, and he wants to coordinate with us to do a giveaway of COD Four. So. Um, I've, I just want to read a little statement from him because I was trying to get an idea of like where he was at and how he wanted to do this. But he said, um, ultimately, I'm in a spot where I'd like to help people get better at BR games. And I'm in a spot where I don't need Twitch income, quote, and he's a streamer. Um, but I was the recipient of some generous gamers in my 20s when I, when I was broke. So I'd like to pay that forward. Regarding my Twitch, I'd like to grow it where any revenue from my channel goes to giveaways and stuff like that. So... You know, this guy is awesome and he's he's got a Twitch channel but he's just using the money he gets from it to throw back at the community and to his listen to the listeners of Winner Winner and also to his um viewers. And so the way that this will work is if you guys want to enter this drawing to get COD 4, um join the Discord, the Winner Winner Discord, and then follow MTB Trigger on Twitch and then DM him with your Twitch handle. And then he'll enter you into the drawing. And he is going to do the drawing um, this weekend sometime, presumably on his Twitch channel. So that'll be about a week after the show is published. Pull up a calendar here. Around probably the 13th or the 14th. And if we have more detailed info on that, then we'll put it in the show notes as to exactly when he'll do it. Um, And we'll put the instructions for how to sign up for it in our show notes and also in our Discord. So... Good luck, guys. Hope you get the game. Yeah. So this is rad, man. MTV Trigger is just great. He's a fixture in our Discord community. And this is pretty generous. I mean, this game costs 60 bucks, and that's the cheapest mm-hmm. option. So, yep. you know, that's... I mean, I'm looking at that being like, uh, you know, like, am I just going to shell out 60 bucks for another BR game? So, you know, that's pretty mm-hmm. cool that he's he's going to give that away. And, you know, I mean, anyone, anyone who's interested in the game, uh, I would encourage to enter into this running, but, you know, especially for those people for whom 60 bucks is just a lot of money, you know, Mm -hmm. definitely recommend that you get in on this. And, you know, we have a decent number of listeners, but I have a feeling that if you're one of the people who applies for this, like the odds are going to be good, like much better than a lot of giveaways out there. So this this is a pretty sick giveaway is what I'm trying to say, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I'm just thinking like the the number of people who enter could be 
a really small number or it could be like a fairly big one we just don't know but yeah if it's a small one your chances are really good yeah so I say you, go yeah for it. i mean you could totally be like one in ten you know I mean, mm-hmm. I, I hope it's more than that. You know, I'd, I'd like to see MTB Trigger get some support on his channel, you know, but yeah. that's the funny thing about these giveaways is like, sometimes someone will be like, oh, everyone's going to do that. I never win anything. I'm not going to bother. Right. Mm-hmm. And then like, if enough people decide that it's kind of like voting, you know, like if enough people decide that their vote doesn't matter, then it ends up mattering a lot for the few people who do vote. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, yeah, kind of the same thing going on here. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we're just going to move right along to our main topic here because we have a lot to cover. So, Robin, give us a little Mm. overview of of what we're going to talk about and what inspired it. Right. So, as I was saying at the beginning of the show, I am not traditionally a hardware guy. And I don't traditionally get hard-ons for hardware, but I do now. (laughs) And um, I got into it... I. I had a friend build, help me build a PC when I was about 18 and I didn't know anything about it. He, we, he told me what parts to buy. Uh, he sat down with me and he showed me what plugged into what, and I plugged everything in myself, but I didn't actually understand anything. (laughs) Now fast forward 14 years or whatever. And in the last, um, couple of years really, and mostly in the last year is when I've learned most of it. Like I, I gradually got a sense of the different components and what they're for, but it was only recently when I started to want to upgrade the components in my computer that I had to really start getting a working knowledge of what parts are um, and what's available. And in some, it's kind of funny, actually, when I think about it. I don't think I would have been motivated to learn this stuff if PUBG didn't perform kind of badly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If it wasn't, too. if it was optimized and like ran pretty well and was just stable early on and it's a lot stabler now than it used to be but if it hadn't been um before that or if it had been i just wouldn't i don't think i would have been that motivated because a lot of the other games i play actually run pretty well Mm -hmm. and so so anyway i've i've gradually mostly through shopping i think that's the big motivators if you want to build a system that's going to be the biggest motivator to get you to learn about this stuff and so the idea for this show is basically for people who are in the boat that i was in um, a couple years ago and before where I didn't really have a great understanding of the components and how they worked in the context of gaming. I want to give a, an overview of what those parts are, how they work, and then just to kind of lay the land of what parts are available. And I, a lot of disclaimers here is that there's a lot of things I don't know yet. Um, like I just don't know what AMD offers in terms of its cards and its CPUs. I don't know it that well. So I won't be able to talk about like, well, this is why Intel's better, or this is why AMD sucks, or anything like that. It'll be more um, kind of general than that. And so, yeah, the idea is for, and, and even people coming from Xbox, if they have no idea what to look for, this you guys should have some idea walking out of this. You know, what these numbers mean associated with GPUs, CPUs, RAM, etc. But without further ado, let's. I wanted to talk first about how a game runs on a computer. At least my like elementary school understanding <laughs> of how it works. And I'm a little self-conscious about it because I hope, like I think I got it, but there's, it's possible that I have p- parts of this wrong. But it's a really high level um, kind of overview. So here we go. When you buy a game like PUBG, 
you download it and it gets stored on the hard drive of your computer. So, and, and hard drive is, is, we call it storage. And when you try to boot that game, what happens, and, and let me give an overview of parts. We're going to talk about storage, CPU, RAM, and GPU. And those are the, the working parts that we're going to talk about. We're leaving out power supply. And really, aside from that, it's just peripherals and case is all the parts. So you launch your game from your hard drive. And the first thing that happens is the all of the information associated with that game, including the instructions and the code and the logic for it, as well as any assets like textures, images, um, objects, they all get processed. They go through the motherboard, through the CPU, and the CPU starts storing that game on your RAM. So any program that you're currently running gets the data that's needed from the hard drive is is funneled into the RAM. And RAM, another word for RAM is working memory. So any program running is stored on the RAM and you're you're limited with speed in terms of how much RAM you have available. So if you start running too many programs at once, the you might run out of RAM space and then there's there's other things that'll happen, but you're gonna notice a big slowdown in performance on your computer. And we can get more into detail on that later. But back to the flow of how this works. Once your game or your your and your other program let's just talk about the game. Once it's on the RAM, the code and the the textures and all the assets and stuff get processed as the as the game's running, like you shoot a bullet, the game has to calculate the trajectory of that bullet. And it also has to draw like a little bullet path or whatever. Most of that's done by the CPU in terms of the simulation of that. So like the physics of the bullet drop, when you lift your gun to aim down sight and your scope appears, where the gun is basically made up of polygons and the where of those polygons and where they are in space, as well as the, the polygons for the whole scene, is all basically calculated by the CPU, as I understand it. But the at this point, we actually don't have anything to see. And in order to see these objects and to see this simulation, the game is going, the CPU is going to ask what, how to draw it. And then the G, the is going to grab data from the RAM. It's going to get basically GPU instructions, and those are going to be funneled through your CPU onto your graphics card. And your graphics card is then going to paint the pixels to make this simulation basically have come to life and to be visible. So it's going to paint the 2 million or so pixels on your screen, um, depending on your resolution. And it's going to do all the shading, the color, um, any visual effects, the anti-aliasing, um, all of that. And so, Arjuna, I don't know if you game back before there were GPUs, but there was a time when all of this stuff, and you can still do this if you had a really beefy um, CPU with graphics capabilities, which a lot of them do have. CPUs can actually do the drawing. They just don't do it that quickly mm-hmm. um, because of their architecture. Yeah, they're not, they're not optimized to do it. Exactly. One quick difference between them architecturally, and my knowledge falls off pretty quick about this, but the number of cores in a commercial CPU is anywhere from two to six, typically. The number of cores in a GPU that are specialized for this like drawing of pixels is in the thousands. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, I did not know that. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. 
<laughs> okay, well, that explains a lot. Right? I didn't know it either until recently. And I yeah. think the speeds of GPUs are generally much slower, but there's so many more of them, and they're, they're specialized that they're able to kick out quite a bit still. So yeah, pretty weird. They're dramatically different little machines. So yeah, just, just a side note about GPUs. The interesting thing mm-hmm. about them is that basically like miniaturized PCs. So mm. a GPU has a main board, which is like basically a motherboard. And mm-hmm. yeah, it has processors, it has RAM. It's almost like you just took, you know, an Xbox and like miniaturized it and plugged it into your computer. I mean, yeah. that's that's a clumsy like comparison, mm-hmm. but it's really basically what's going on. Hmm. That's so, a good point. Yeah. You know, so the, especially that, the RAM part. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, so and we'll probably go ahead. I was just gonna say. So that's what makes thinking about PC hardware kind of interesting is that you're actually, when it comes to game performance, you're looking at two sets of CPUs and RAM as opposed to just Mm -hmm. one. Right. Right. And, you know, honestly, until a year ago, I didn't even really realize that graphics cards had RAM. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll we'll kind of get into the size, especially in terms of PUBG, you know, like what's optimal and what's not. But let's finish the analogy of kind of what these parts do in the flow. But that's, I think we're pretty much at the end. Yeah. Basically, the CPU is going to outsource all of the game logic and the textures. And anything to do with how something looks and appears is all outsourced to the GPU. And if you have a game, uh, for example, Rainbow Six has a high definition quality or a high def texture pack that you can download for free on Steam. And if you have a graphics card that has four gigabytes or more of RAM, you'll be able to run those textures. Um, and that's because those textures, your CPU just outsources all of that to the GPU and the GPU RAM. Um, and that's where it's handled. So that's a quick overview of the system components. And, oh, we didn't talk about motherboards. Yeah. <laughs> right. All of this stuff, this is really important. I, I kind of overlook them. Everything plugs into the motherboard. Right. So your hard drive plugs into it, your CPU plugs into it, your RAM and your GPU all plug directly into it. And so that's how that's how these parts communicate. Right. Yeah, the motherboard is cut like like if you think about if you look down onto a built computer system, it looks a little bit like a city. And mm-hmm. the motherboard is like it's like the roads basically. It just yeah. it the motherboard pipes all the information from from the various parts to the other various parts. Yep. Yeah. And it's it's generally yeah, how the data is transferred between the bits. The there are some other cables in there like mostly usually hard drives won't plug directly into the motherboard. They'll have data cables to the motherboard and then there's cables from the power supply to every other component almost. Yeah. Um yeah, except the, the RAM. The motherboard doesn't supply power to most things except, you know, or, or, I mean directly. Uh, it mm-hmm. does like power the RAM, for example, but most other components you do actually need to plug a power cable in. And there mm-hmm. are actually a lot of places on the motherboard where you need to plug a power cable into the motherboard to to power the thing next to it. Right, exactly. Like the CPU has its own dedicated pins from the power supply on the motherboard. Right. So let's see. I guess since we're on power supply... Maybe we'll we'll talk a little more about that later when we talk about system balance. Yeah. But with motherboards, since we're here, 
I the only thing I really pay attention to is the socket types because I'm not interested in overclocking. There's that's really the two things you need to know as far as I'm concerned. Does it have the right socket type for your CPU and your RAM, which each have different socket types? And then also, is it a motherboard that supports overclocking if you buy an overclockable CPU? And not all CPUs are overclockable, as far as I know. Well, so there are a lot of other considerations for motherboards. We could go deep on it, but we're not going to. But mm-hmm. the thing to really focus on when doing your homework about building a PC is you need to think like, what are the things that are important to me and what are the components? Like you basically have to spec out the rest of your hardware and then you have to find a motherboard which is going to satisfy all of those requirements. So in other Mm -hmm. words, you have to decide, yeah, what socket type your processor is going to be. You have to figure out which RAM matches up well with that. You need to Mm -hmm. figure out the drives and the various pieces of hardware that you're going to put in. And Mm -hmm. I think about the motherboard as being the thing you kind of pick last because the motherboard has to be able to take everything that you want to plug into. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So I wouldn't start with the motherboard. I would finish with the motherboard. And Mm -hmm. another thing about motherboards is it didn't used to be this way. The motherboard used to be a pretty plain ass piece of hardware and you'd plug everything into it. So like you'd put your modem into it. You'd plug, you know, your graphics card into it. You'd even like sometimes your like keyboard plugins or like your USB ports, the the old school equivalents of those would actually have their own chip that would plug into the motherboard. But what they've done these days is they've crammed more and more extra hardware onto the motherboard, which is really convenient. But it does mean that you just have to pay attention to that stuff too. So for example, another decision you need to make when buying a motherboard is how many USB ports do I want built in? And does it matter to me what speed the built-in Ethernet uh, card uses, right? Uh, Does it matter to me how high quality the sound card is that's built into it? Because all of these things tend to be built into it. Uh, Mm -hmm. You also have to think about, like, do I want USB-C or am I happy with USB 2.0 only, you know? So these these are just the kind of things that you want to be thinking about when you're purchasing a motherboard. Not that we're going to go into depth on it. Nope, not at all. (laughs) Totally fell for that one. Let's just kind of go through all of these other pieces of hardware and and just briefly touch on kind of important need-to-knows about them. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I thought CPU would be a good place to start. Yeah, let's start with the with CPU. That. So you want a fast computer, and PUBG does happen to be CPU heavy, um, meaning you're more you're likely to get bottlenecked by your CPU in this game. Like if if your CPU is a little older, as mine was for a long time, it's possible you're going to be limited in performance, even if you have a really good graphics card, which was also something I did. <laughs> so what happened i actually i bought a 1080 graphics card which a couple of months ago was basically the second best commercial graphics card you could get and i was like all right like my system's gonna roar (laughs) and i i bumped up the resolution to 1440 from 1080 and i was getting like 10 frames a second more or something than i was before which was Mm. really underwhelming yeah that's (laughs) well okay and i was still getting a lot of stutters like just kind of performancey 
you know, lag and stuff like that. Go ahead, though. I was just going to say jumping up in resolution is actually a very, very big deal. Yeah. And so I I agree that it's a little bit disappointing to like be basically getting the same frames you were before, but mm-hmm. jumping up the resolution does basically it adds like we discussed before about eighty percent more pixels. So yeah, it's, it's no small feat. I, I don't right. want to downplay that. But I think looking back, I think even my ten sixty card that I upgraded from was limited by my CPU. And if had I had I actually had a better CPU back then, I might not even have upgraded the, to the 1080. But we'll see. I, right. It's hard to tell, but I probably have I have a really good, well balanced system right now. Um, yeah. But back to CPUs. Well, hold hold on, Robin. Before you do uh-huh. that, I want to highlight a very basic principle of PC building, which some people may not be familiar with. Okay. And this is the concept of bottlenecking. So Mm, if you ever hear this term and you don't know what it means, basically you can think of your PC as a chain that has a bunch of different links in it. Mm -hmm. And the, the bottleneck in your PC is the weakest link in that chain. And usually what it is, is it's the component in your system that runs the slowest. And so... Uh, In order for your system to run at its optimal speed, all of the parts need to be well-matched so that they're all kind of moving at the same speed, the same frequency. It's kind of Mm -hmm. like, you know, it's, it's kind of like building a rowing team, right? Like if you have one person on your team who's like, rowing twice as hard as everyone else you're going to create inefficiencies you know and and some of that extra effort that that person's putting out is going to be wasted right right so bottlenecking is one of the most important things to consider when you're putting together a pc because you could you know you could end up wasting basically you know hundreds or thousands of dollars buying components to get very little extra performance because if there's just even one piece of the equation that you didn't identify properly, it could hold everything else back. Yeah. Having given that warning, I think it's possible to overstate that it's pretty easy to avoid if you have some basic principles about balancing a system. And it just, it took me a while to figure those principles out. And it didn't, it didn't really honestly occur to me that I would be bottlenecked when I um, upgraded my GPU. I think I asked a couple of people early on if it'd be a possibility and they were like, meh, <laughs> but it, it happened. Yeah. So, and back just to elaborate a little more on bottlenecking, the CPU has two jobs. It's, it's basically doing all of like the physics and the things that are dedicated to that that the cpu has to do instructions wise and then it delegates jobs to the gpu and if it's too busy if it's overwhelmed doing the things it needs like doing its own calculations it's not going to have the resources to delegate all the things it needs to delegate to the gpu and your delegate your your gpu in that case is just going to be kind of um twiddling its fingers or its thumbs and waiting for stuff to do um, relatively. So you want a, a, basically a CPU to be able to shovel as much work as it possibly can to your, your GPU and outsource it. So, yeah. So the, the CPU basically sets the tone for your system. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like your system will never go faster than whatever tier of performance your CPU is in. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So you like, you could put like, 
this isn't possible, but if it were possible to just put each successive generation of graphics card into the same computer with the same CPU, you would quickly reach a point where you would get no performance benefit whatsoever. So it's really the CPU is when you're putting together a system, you basically have to decide like, how fast do I want the whole thing to be capable of running? Mm -hmm. And it's hard because you can spend any, like literally any amount of money that you want on a CPU. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's really, it's a good place for us to start talking and it's a good place for you to start thinking what price point, what performance point you want when you're putting together yeah, a, a PC. I agree. And you can always upgrade. Typically, you can always upgrade your graphics card, but you're kind of stuck with the CPU build that you chose um, because of the compatibility with the motherboard and the RAM. Um, so CPU is the most important choice. Uh, yeah, if you, you go online and you Google what's the most important computer component for gaming, everyone's going to scream at you, it's the GPU, that's what determines your frame rate, and blah, 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 blah. I d- don't listen to them. <laughs> 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 the GPU is super important, but I would say the CPU is even more fundamental, and it's going yeah. to determine your, your computer's destiny, right? In ter- its potential yes. in terms of its ability to game. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And... It's real. It's worth noting you can upgrade CPUs, but but historically CPU upgrade paths have been relatively narrow. And what I mean by that is that you within a given architecture, within a given paradigm of CPUs, like like th- this will happen where like every couple of years it seems like AMD or Intel will release like a new architecture mm-hmm. is what they call mm-hmm. it. And it's just basically it's a whole it's a whole paradigm of processor that they create. And usually they have their own socket, right? So they, they change sockets. It's a different plug. Like it, it's an actual socket. You look at it on the motherboard and it's like full of holes and the processor is covered in pins and it has to fit in. And so there are many different socket types you know many different processor types and so um you you can upgrade like you can get a better cpu in that same socket but the range of performance in any given architecture is not going to be that big and so you know if maybe if you started with the bottom of the line in that architecture and then you ended up upgrading to the top of the line later on you might see a significant performance increase mm-hmm. but most of the time in order to really get next gen performance if you're upgrading your system you have to buy a new cpu and a new motherboard and new which RAM. is exactly so. what i just went through <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so the the myth of being able to upgrade your processor in the future it's kind of a myth. It is a myth. Like oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I mean I so the boat I was in is I had a fourth gen Intel that came out in 2014 and conveniently there's one generation per year and they started in 2010. So we're in the 8th gen now it's 2018 for Intel stuff. I think that typically that generally holds true. I haven't gone back and looked at like every little year and gen model, but um, so I had an i5 f- from the fourth gen. It was a 4590, and it had a socket type called LGA 1150. And 1150 actually stands for the number of pins on the CPU. 
So that this hmm. isn't a normal power plug. There's literally 1,150 little pins sticking out of the back of this thing. Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that is a fuck ton Isn't of that pins. nuts? Yeah. Jesus. So they're really, really fun to plug in for that reason, and they're exhilarating <laughs> to work with, <laughs> I think. Oh, my God. And I had to upgrade. I, I wanted a newer processor, and... I was looking at what was available. Everything in that generation was going to give me like very modest improvements in terms of gaming performance. So I was like, all right, what about the next gen? Next gen had the same socket type, but the boost in performance was negligible. Um, so anything mm. after fifth gen, I would have had to have changed my the, the socket type changes to 1151, LGA 1151, which means it has one more pin. Just put that one <laughs> fucking extra pin in there. But it's also a totally different type of socket where instead of having 1,151 pins, it's actually just like small, they're like flat contacts. Um, they're not actually pins jutting out of it. They're flat copper oh, contacts. Oh, yep. I've heard about these. And yeah. so you could slide it across your floor and it wouldn't get damaged or maybe step on it. That's not true for That's the ones cool. with pins, which would be pretty yeah. easy to damage. Um, and so it was really easy to install. Um, but totally different socket type. So I had to upgrade the motherboard and the RAM, which I'm grateful for because then I, I had to homework all of that stuff and now I know more. So after you, I mean, as you're choosing your CPU, socket type is going to be something you need to know to choose other things, but it's not going to determine what you choose unless you're bound to a motherboard for some reason. The speed is kind of the main indicator of the performance of a CPU. And it's it's measured in gigahertz. And like your phone, for example, also has a processor that has the speed measured in gigahertz and probably it has a number of cores as well. Um, so you see like quad dragon snap core or something like that. That means four cores. So I had a four core before, now I have a six core. And it's just kind of the number of different process, different channels that that CPU can use to process instructions. I'm sorry, I got mixed up with cores there. This <laughs> back to sp the speed, as I was trying to say, is measured in gigahertz, and gigahertz is billions of times a second. So if it's a three gigahertz processor, it means that the the clock, the number of clock cycles on that thing is three billion per second. So it can process an instruction set on each of its cores three billion times in one second. Okay, if it's Five gigahertz, which is a common speed for the really high tier CPUs, especially overclocked ones, um, then you get you know quite a boost there from three to five, and that's performance is pretty tightly linked to speed. Go ahead. Well, okay, I'm going to interrupt you here because I was about to say the exact opposite. Really? <laughs> so yeah. Performance is only linked to speed in as much as you're in the, the same architecture, right? So if you have, let's say, like an uh, an Intel, these numbers aren't actually going to make sense. But if you had it like an Intel six-core processor running at two gigahertz, and then you upgraded it to an Intel six-core uh, mm. processor running at five gigahertz, mm. that would be a substantial speed increase. However... If you have like a next gen, let's say you had a next gen core running at like, you know, maybe it was a 12 core processor running at three gigahertz, you can't make the same comparison because the performance profiles are totally different. Mm -hmm. So 
you know, they had they had like four and a half gigahertz processors as long ago as like around the turn of the year 2000. Mm-hmm. And I remember this. They had like your your PC basically came with a fucking refrigerator in it that made a hell of a noise to cool this processor, right? <laughs> so that four and a half gigahertz processor probably performed at like one sixteenth or maybe even one thirty second of the amount of processing power that these current four and a half gigahertz mm. processors have. Yeah. And the reason for that is that it was a single core processor. It was running on a totally different architecture. It had different. Right. I mean, so so what I'm basically saying is that these that the gigahertz measures are only really that telling when you're talking about the same architecture or architectures in a very very similar performance profile. Yeah, that's a good point. Because I mean, I replaced my i5. 4590 and it was a 3.3 gigahertz cpu which is modest it's like decent it's not super slow it's not super fast it's a decent gaming speed and i replaced it with one that has a base clock of like 2.8 but it has a max clock of four and Mm. what that means intel is really good at making cpus that will ramp up the speed if there's more demand on the cpu Mm. Right. And I've watched the speed of it like in real time and it it's really adaptive. And I was kind of worried really about that cool. to be honest cuz I was like, "Ooh, I don't know, 2.8 gigahertz, like I kind of want a game on this thing and it's, it works fine. It's awesome." Um nice. But this the speed really isn't that much higher, 4 versus 3.3, but it performs a lot better. Right. And I think the maybe the magic word is architecture, which is a black box to most people. <laughs> we just have no idea. Like, there's a lot that goes into making these and the way that they process instructions that is not captured by these like simple to understand numbers that we can right. throw around, like speed and number of cores. Exactly. Um, you just can't. Mm-hmm. When you're buying a PC, you can't really compare the numbers. Like, what you have to do is you have to look at benchmarks when it comes yes. to CPU. What's a benchmark, Arjuna? Okay, so a benchmark is basically, uh, there are a series of different benchmarks that have been invented, and they're basically software routines that put a CPU through its paces. Mm-hmm. So there are a number of like kind of common industry standard benchmarks, like one of them is called Passmark. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can actually download the software on your PC and actually benchmark your own Mm-hmm. processor if you felt like it but what it does it's a stress test so it usually it, it'll take like 10 minutes or 20 minutes and it'll just ask the processor to perform like a metric shit ton of different calculations and it will measure the time it takes the processor to make all of those calculations and the funny thing about it is, is that each processor is capable of doing different calculations at different speeds so there's nothing mm. about this that's simple, mm-hmm. which is one of the reasons why if you really want to understand processor performance, you like, I mean, get ready, you know, like yep. you got to buy your textbooks, <laughs> you got to hang out in the forums, <laughs> like, and so mm-hmm. basically, if you really want to get the goods on how it's going to work for you, you probably just want to like, 
you know, look at some price ranges, look at some popular processes in those price ranges, do some Googling about like, like some game benchmarks for those processes and just compare the bars, you know, um, because really gaining a deeper understanding of how each processor works and what it's good at. I mean, mm -hmm. you could just spend infinite time right. looking into you that. You know, I, I totally agree with you. In fact, if there was only one thing you were going to study, I it, it wouldn't be like what speed means or what cores mean or what socket type is. It would be just look up the benchmark for exactly what you want that CPU to do. Right. Which, exactly. which is exactly what I did. Because games perform differently on different CPUs as well. So my CPU might run Assassin's Creed super well, but it might run PUBG really badly. Totally. And like and that's it's common it's common for things like games even of the same kind of caliber to run differently on different hardware and it won't be dramatically different but there will be differences yeah and so i did a lot of research looking up how pubg ran on different cpus and ended up choosing the i5-8400 from intel and yeah so that's like if that's the quickest way to do your homework Look at benchmarks of, of different CPUs on the thing you want to do. And oftentimes people will put together videos and they'll have like a whole list of CPUs showing their performance on the thing that you're interested in, especially if it's something popular like PUBG. There's tons of videos on this. Right. And the good, the good thing is that what they'll try to do is they'll try to match all of the other components to keep them as controlled as possible. Right. So they're trying to make it so they're just testing the difference in the CPU. And of course, it's never entirely possible to do that because architectures differ and yada, mm -hmm. yada, yada. But, mm -hmm. but what it, they, they try as hard as they can to isolate it so that you're actually able to see the difference that the processor makes as opposed to any of the other components. All right, good. Uh, real quick, not all CPUs are overclockable. If you're getting an Intel CPU, it'll have a K at the end of the name. So like 8400, no, that's not a real processor. An 8700K <laughs> or 8600K means it's overclockable. If it's just a plain 8600, then nope, not overclockable. Yeah. So overclocking, we'll just briefly cover what that is. It's basically pushing a processor beyond its rated speed. And so mm -hmm. here's a dirty little secret about the processor industry is that processors are a bit like cars in that it costs like fucking gazillions of dollars to make all of the components that actually make the processor. And so when when they release a series like, you know, the, the i5 series has like a zillion, well, not a zillion, but it has a bunch of different processors in it at different speeds. They're not making a separate processor for each one of those. They're churning mm. out a bunch of the same processors and then they're basically speed limiting some of them. Mm. So this so people originally figured this out at some point and started doing this like ultra sketchy high risk over vaulting they were basically just <laughs> running more voltage through the same processor to get better performance mm -hmm. and so that's kind of what overclocking is all about it's a very brief wow. brief overview of it and and there are some utilities that make overclocking dead simple and it probably wasn't like that in the old days but and that's where motherboards come in. Some motherboards come with utilities built into the BIOS where you can do controller overclocking. And there's probably Windows applications that allow you to do that as well. 
Yeah. If your yeah. eyes just glazed over as we described that, they just don't even <laughs> don't even worry about it. Don't even think you'll about get it. There. Yeah. yeah. If you're a tinkerer, you'll probably want to get into it though. Yeah. Um, but we're not the ones to ask. Right. Exactly. Hyper threading. So usually if, when you read the stats on a processor, it'll tell you the number of cores, which we went over, and then it'll also go over the number of threads. And usually they're the same, but if something's hyper-threaded, at least that's what Intel calls it. I don't know if AMD has a different name. It means it's basically, it. You, it's usually double the number if it's hyper-threaded. So if it's six cores, it'd be hyper-threaded, and it would have 12 threads. And I didn't realize what this was for a long time, and maybe I think I got this right, where all it's really doing is... It's alternating the execution of instruction sets every other clock cycle. So like, say on, there's 3 billion clock cycles a second. On all of the even-numbered clock cycles, it's executing like the first six, six threads. And then on the, the even numbers, I don't know if I said even or odd before, but whatever I didn't say, <laughs> it's going to execute the uh, next six threads of processing. And so it's actually just dividing the clock cycles, but it allows it to juggle more balls simultaneously. Oh, um, so so basically it's virtualizing more cores. Is that right? Yes, Yeah. exactly. <laughs> That's yep. fucking genius. Yep. Which apparently makes certain processes faster, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. So yeah, it's kind of, that's one of the takeaways of this is that in addition to their base numbers and cores and whatever, different processes actually have different uh, just features that may or may not be supported by your motherboard. They may or may not be supported by Windows. They may or may not be supported by a version of DirectX that you're using. And Mm. they may or may not be supported by whatever software or game you're playing. So Hmm. that's that's a thing now you know intel's hyperthreading that's like a very very well supported thing so you can bet that any anyone making software out there who wants to maximize it on the current cause you know on the current cpus is going to be trying to implement that right yeah and yeah one other thing to know is multi-threading isn't always better depending on what you want to do i've heard i think i read that PUBG is better if it's not multi-threaded and also some programs like Photoshop and movie editing sometimes are they require single core or single thread, mm, um, right, and right. so you won't see much of a performance boost with those. I wonder if you'd even see a, a performance drop off, but I'm I'm not the person to ask. <laughs> yeah. You want to look into it? All right, Whew, man. There's a lot to talk about CPUs. <laughs> I would say something about AMD versus Intel, but frankly, I don't know anything about AMD. Okay, but they're the other well, kid on I'll, the block. I'll give you the TLDR then. <laughs> okay. So the TLDR is that Intel is better for gaming at basically every price point. So mm. now that's some people are going to consider that to be a contentious opinion and be like, "Oh, Juno, how could you say that? What an asshole!" But you know, yada mm-hmm. yada yada. But the the fact is, like for example, I just watched a Linus Tech Tips video recently where he was basically like, you know, if you take that like Intel chips do tend to be more expensive. So let's not, you know, let's not bandy any words about that. Like the Intel is definitely like the rich person's processor. AMD (laughs) tends to be more of the budget person's processor. However, you can find like at, at whatever AMD price point, you can find an Intel processor, which is either around the same price or only marginally more expensive that will probably outperform it. So Mm -hmm. 
if you plan to use your PC primarily for gaming, I would just recommend like go Intel. Mm-hmm. Now, here's where it gets complicated: is that AMD recently they have historically been very good at providing pretty good performance for much cheaper. And one thing that I will say that they've released this series of consumer level processors called the Ryzen series. And mm-hmm. they are actually really fantastic, like great all-around performance for the money. And they're not as optimized for gaming as the Intel chips are, but they're still pretty good. So like I put together a Ryzen system when I built my computer to build PUBG. It was a very reasonably priced chip and it plays PUBG excellently. Like, you know, what, I get... What, what chip? Uh, so I got the Ryzen 1600X. Mm. And, and how much did it cost? Yeah, I think I I want to say I dropped like 160 bucks on that. Okay. And do you know the clock speed and number uh, of cores? Uh, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. Yeah. Okay. But it's easy to look up. So here's where the Ryzen shines is that the Ryzen has been benchmarked to handle to to basically multitask, right? It's it's been shown to basically kick Intel's ass at multitasking at any given price point. So Mm. if now one of the places that this might come up is if you want to stream on the same PC that you game on, right? If you want to do stuff like that, or if you have a lot of other software, like if you're capturing your game audio and you're doing other crap with it, or or if if maybe you do a lot of video editing outside of your gaming, Um, Basically, if if you have like a lot of multitasking or other really intensive things that you like to do with your PC apart from gaming, then getting a Ryzen series processor could actually be a really good fit for Mm -hmm. you. So that's kind of where it stands at the moment. Now, these things always change, but um, I think that the the conventional wisdom that Intel is the gamer's processor still applies. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm glad to hear that. All right, let's talk about RAM. I have very simple things to say about RAM. <laughs> go ahead and introduce yeah. it. Yeah, what, yeah, why don't you go for it? Uh, well, I mean, like we said before, it's the working memory. So all your, the programs that are currently running on your computer will basically be loaded up into RAM. And it, the, there's really two numbers. I, I say there's three things to pay attention to. There's the size, which is measured in data. And so... There's like 8 gigs, 16 gigs, you can have 4 gigs. Um, really common numbers today would be 8 gigs or 16. And then there's also the hertz or frequency of the RAM, which is basically the speed. And then the third thing is the, I'll just call it the generation, for lack of a better term. Um, and really common before was DDR3. And we've been phasing over the last couple of years into DDR4. So all in modern motherboards. Um, only are compatible with DDR4 RAM. And DDR4, I've it does run at a higher frequency, but if you look at the actual performance of DDR4 versus DDR3, it's pretty negligible. Um, and so I was hoping I didn't have to upgrade because DDR4 is more expensive. 
And you just kind of have to. If you want a modern CPU, you have to get the modern motherboard. If you get the modern motherboard, you yeah. have to get the modern uh, DDR4 gram. Well, and I have a feeling that they probably just haven't fully optimized DDR4 yet. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure it's capable of much better performance. But yeah, it's really weird because it runs at a lower voltage, but its clock speed is quite a bit higher typically. And it has a much higher number of pins on it as well. So you'd think there'd just be more bandwidth and throughput. And I kind of wonder if just there's there's other parts of the system that are bottlenecking it. Like it's possible that CPU architecture is actually the bottleneck. So we're not really seeing an increase in performance. That's my guess too. That's my yeah. guess too. Because, you know, your motherboard, your CPU, maybe even Windows, all these different things need to actually be able to take advantage of what the technology right. offers. So True. So... With RAM, like with so many other things, you can't just compare the gigabytes to the gigabytes. Like, you you have to look at whatever RAM, you have to look at what frequency it runs at, which is the number of megahertz it runs mm-hmm. at, and you have to match that to what your motherboard and your processor want. So right. that's really yeah. the only, that's the only trick to RAM, is that you just need to, do a little homework and make sure that the RAM you get is well matched for your system. Yes. And then, you know, you do have to just make a decision about how much RAM you want. And the good news is that it doesn't, your performance doesn't scale up after a certain point with RAM. And it's because you just don't need, like, for example, a lot of people, you know, the, the litmus test for the, at the moment in gaming is 16 gigabytes of RAM. Yep. And like if you double that and get 32 gigabytes of RAM, my guess is that your in-game performance is going to be negligibly increased. I I would say that you'll notice no increase. Yeah. In that unless you're someone that has like 40 Google Chrome tabs open and you're running <laughs> yeah. Photoshop at the exactly. same time or something like that. Yeah. Which is like inter- Chrome is very RAM hungry. Yeah, um, it is. Chrome is just a memory hungry program. And yeah. so, but that said, 16 gigs will still cover you if you have like a not totally exorbitant amount of tabs open while you're gaming. Right. So I used to close everything down, but I was monitoring my, my RAM usage and I can have like several tabs open and it doesn't really do anything. If you have like YouTube playing on your second monitor, that's going to start eating CPU <laughs> and stuff like that. Exactly. So, if they're just idle tabs, though, while you're gaming, it's not a big deal. Um, yeah. But 16 gigs, yeah, like you said, I, it's the gold standard. I wouldn't go above. I wouldn't go below. Yeah. Um, and then just make sure it's the right socket for your motherboard and you're set. I will say that, and I'll talk a bit more about this later, but Tim's PC runs mm-hmm. PUBG just fine on 12. Oh, good. And okay. I remember I made the upgrade from 8 to 12. That was a noticeable uh, specifically yeah. load time increase was very okay. very noticeable but i just looked up ram in PUBG earlier and it looks like it usually eats up six to ten gigabytes of ram the yeah. game does so 12 would put you in the clear right exactly um, so yeah if that's a choice you have to make 12 will be fine it won't be as future proof though i forgot that you could do 12 <laughs> do you have like <laughs> Do you have like two sticks of eight and like two sticks of two or something? Or I what think, do you? I think it's a stick of eight and a stick of four. 
Oh, I didn't even know you could do that. <laughs> yeah, well, some some motherboards won't let you, so okay. that's another that's another thing you need to research. You know. Yeah, usually you do two sticks of the same size and the same type. Yeah, I typically when I'm buying a motherboard, I'll actually read through the comments. Like like Newegg is a really great resource for buying computer hardware. Newegg.com. Mm. I'll read down through the reviews of a motherboard and people will often tell you what ram works really well with your motherboard so yeah that's uh, RAM, yeah that's a good thing to look into totally and motherboards will only support us they'll max out at ram speed so like mine only supports up to 26 66 um gigahertz yeah for ram is it gigahertz or megahertz uh let's see yeah i think it's megahertz it might be megahertz yeah so yeah. this is another thing. Don't be, don't get suckered into thinking that if you buy 32 gigs of RAM now, you're going to be future-proofed. That may not be the case. Like you may just need to, you know, at whatever point you would want to upgrade to 32 gigs, you might just need to upgrade your whole system and get new RAM anyway. So, right. you know, exactly. 16, 16. Yeah. F- following this theme, people want to sell you on the upgradability of your PC it's it kind of doesn't necessarily work that way so just keep that in mind Mm, mm -hmm. that's ram yep now uh let's talk about gpus yeah i i don't have a lot of hard and fast rules here i do think basically once your system has a decent amount of power to be able to play whatever game it is then your choice of gpu matters a lot so Basically, the faster your system is, the more important or the the better benefit you're going to gain from having a better GPU. Right. So once you have your like Dream Team CPU in place, how the, the game will probably perform pretty well no matter what at that point. But your GPU is going to determine your frame rate and how pretty it is. <laughs> Right, right, and and what resolution you can run it at, too. and what resolution, all of those things. Um, well, the way that they're executed, the GPU will play a, a big part in it, and the lay of the like. You can get decent graphics cards for, I don't know, like I'm probably going to sell my 1060 for like 250 bucks, and that you can run 1080 at that at probably 80 frames a second. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, high settings for PUBG. Something yeah, like that. The GPU that I use is an NVIDIA GTX 970 that I bought used for under 200 bucks. Runs PUBG mm-hmm. great. It's a great time to buy used yeah. graphics cards right now with the next generation of NVIDIA cards coming out. Right. Um, Wacky Jackie just put out a video comparing the newest generation of NVIDIA cards, the 2000 series, GTX 2000. And the flagship is similarly named as the flagship from the last generation, which is the 2080 Ti, is the new one. And the old one was the 1080 Ti. And he did a cool comparison today where he was comparing the frame rate on ultra settings for PUBG. Um, And I think he was doing 1440 resolution. And he found that the new card does a 20% improvement in frame rate generally, which frankly is not worth the price (laughs) no in my opinion i agree and i feel like really comfortable sitting this out and buying up the the graphics cards that people are liquidating right now um, from the older generation Mm -hmm. and so if you're looking at getting into the pc market the gtx 
1060 or 1070 or 1080. Um, and some of those all have like a TI variant. And TI is just basically a beefed up uh, version of the core. Um, so real quick, like those numbers, we've I think we, you and I have been using the term graphics card and GPU interchangeably. The GPU is actually the chip on the graphics card that runs stuff. So it's actually the little, it's the graphics processing unit. And then the card is the huge piece of hardware that has all the fans, the motherboard, the VRAM, like the whole package is the the card. And so 1060 refers to the actual GPU, 1070 also to a different GPU from NVIDIA and then 1080. And then the TI variants of those are beefed up. And I don't know what the core counts and all of that are, like what their, their specs are comparative wise, but I just look up the benchmarks and see how they compare. And you'll, you know, you just see like from each one to the next, there's an improvement. So yeah, mm-hmm. there's a kind of this similar split with graphics cards that you see in processes where you've got NVIDIA, which is kind of like the, the rich person's graphics cards and the ATI cards, which are now owned by AMD and those have historically been more of the budget buy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I I agree with you that I don't have much experience in the realm of ATI cards. I'm sure that you can find ones that perform very well for a decent price. So if you're looking at, if you're researching a graphics card, it would be worthwhile just looking at the AMD offerings in the similar price range and comparing benchmarks. And right. you know, most benchmarks that you find have already anticipated that you're going to want to know that. So a lot of them will will do exactly that. They'll kind of pick a bunch of cards in a similar price range and similar kind of generations from mm-hmm. NVIDIA and AMD. And they'll just, they'll compare them in a bunch of different tests. Yeah, so, exactly. And yeah. you can usually just Google like GTX 1060 versus... AMD R900 or whatever. <laughs> um, and, exactly. and someone will have looked it up or like done the homework and done the graphs and all of that. So. Yeah. All right. Um, that about covers the basics. And I just wanted to go over kind of general. I think we've, we've touched up on a lot of these, but just the principles for building a, a PC. And in summary would be, I would say newer CPU is better. Like you want to get the latest. And one of the reasons is the technology is better. The other reason is that strangely enough, like if I go out and buy a used car the, compared to a new one, the used car is a lot cheaper. That's not true for CPUs I'm finding. Mm, interesting. It is really hard to find a cheap used CPU. And I think my, my guess is it's that they have, they're really stable pieces of technology and I don't think that I thought they would go like people would have less demand for um, older ones, but I think that's only true for the gaming market or like people who are really looking for performance. Because I was trying to buy like four year old processors, and they were still at um, on sticker price. Like Damn, I could not dude. find cheap ones. Yep. Yeah. So I'm not sure if it was just a slow month or something when I was shopping, but what I have found is that old ones are not cheaper. No, it's true. Yeah, processes, they age well in terms of value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point. Having said that, I just I do want to say that I think you can sometimes get a really killer deal on like buying a bunch of used parts together. 
So like this will happen a lot where someone will upgrade, they'll just like get a new PC and they'll either liquidate like their entire old PC or they'll get rid of like a bunch of components at once. Mm-hmm. And you can sometimes get a really killer deal on that. So you could get exactly. like, you know, you could yeah. get like a motherboard processor and RAM for like 300 bucks and buying those on their own new would be like 600 bucks. That's exactly what I did with my old build Yeah, was I bought a motherboard processor and RAM as a package on Craigslist and got a pretty good deal. Yeah. So, so, you know, don't, don't be afraid to buy used, but I agree like, you know, buying used processes individually is probably not a good deal. We glossed over storage, and I just wanted to quickly touch on that oh, because yeah. it's another good important point. component. Okay. So there's basically two options with storage these days. You've got your HDDs, your hard drives, and you've got your SDDs, your solid state drives. It's SSD. Oh, sorry, SSD. Yep. Right. Yep. Okay. And... The, the TLDR on this is that SSDs now substantially outperform HDDs in terms of mm-hmm. speed. However, they are a lot more expensive per gigabyte. And mm-hmm. so the compromise that most gamers have made is that you'll get an SSD that's just kind of a moderate size, like a 256 gig drive or maybe a 512 gig drive which is not enough for everything, but you install your operating system on it. And then any of your high performance apps that you want to like really perform well, like maybe your video editing software, you know, your seven different versions of PUBG, you know, your test server and your special (laughs) test server and your fucking next week's test server, you install all of those on your SSD. And then all of your other random data or your other apps that it doesn't really matter how fast they run, you install all of that stuff on your hard drive. That That's just kind of the typical split that people make. Right. And like videos, like I record a lot of PUBG con- um, gameplay and I put all those on my hard disk drive because they don't need to be like photos and, and videos go really well on hard disk drives and then programs are good for solid state. Right. So, um, and they have been getting cheaper, by the way. They're not as cheap as hard disk drives. They never will be, but um, prices have been coming down on them generally, mm. and they will probably continue to go down um, from what I've read. So, And there's also new technology. I didn't know about this till recently, but typically a solid-state drive when you buy it is just like, a, looks like a tiny little hard drive. It doesn't have any moving parts. It's basically a giant flash drive, yeah. and it plugs in with a SATA cord or SATA connection, and those run up to like... I, I I don't know. I, they say six gigabytes per second, but I think their actual like running speed is much lower. Right. Um, yeah. And there's other different. There's different types of sockets now that like P- you can get PCIe or PCI Express solid state drives. Wow. That, really. Yep. They plug into. It's not the same um, time sixteen slot that a graphics card would plug into, okay. but a smaller one. And there's also another socket called M.2 or mm. M2. And they're kind of neat. They're really tiny, and you like slide it in sideways so that the card is kind of facing you. If the board is vertical, and it ha- you like screw it in to mount it, um, it's kind of cool. They're like petite and and exposed. They don't have a chassis. It's just like a little board with some NAND memory glued huh, onto it. And, okay. Yeah. Do they? So do they run at faster speeds than the SATA oh, yeah. ones? Yeah, they're. Okay. 
I'd say per gigabyte, they're probably like 75% more expensive. Damn. But they're like five times faster. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so pay attention there. Now, yeah. and who, who I knows think if it's one overkill. of these is going to change your PUBG performance, though, you know? No, I think you're you're fine with solid state. If you really want to have state of the art stuff, I would I would look into PCIe and M2 SSDs. But yeah, you don't need it. If us telling you about it is the first you've heard of it, you don't need it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hadn't even heard about that. If you are running a data center, you might want to look. Into yeah, that. yeah, exactly. <laughs> now. Just quickly touch on power supplies here. You're going to need a power supply to power your system. And the trick with PSUs is just you just want enough power. And I would say that these days getting a PSU that has about 700 to 800 watts is probably going to cover you. Oh, no. What? I have a 500 watt power supply. Well, see, 500 can (laughs) probably cover you. It, and I think it is. I looked up the recommended power supply for my uh, card, which is probably the most hard power hungry thing yeah. I'm running. And it said 500. So okay. I'm kind of, you know, kind of close, but I doubt it's limiting me. Um, but I d- honestly, I wouldn't know how to measure that. Yeah, I so. I do think that people oversell you on power supplies. Like mm-hmm. they try to convince you that you need like a 900 watt power supply or something. You probably mm-hmm. don't. The thing is, if your power supply isn't able to kick out enough power, it's just a it's a it's a game killer. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. your system might not turn on, or it might perform substantially slower. So, like mm-hmm. there are all these horror stories of someone builds this really slick PC, and it's they they turn it on and it's just performing at like sixty percent of what it should be performing and they're like, hmm. I just wasted all this money and my computer doesn't work and someone on a forum will be like, uh, maybe you're undervolting it. You need a new power supply and they buy a new power supply and they're like, oh my god, like it, you know, it runs the way it's supposed to. So just <laughs> well, nothing catastrophic happens then, but you just might get a sluggish performance. Well. Okay. In in some cases, if it's underpowered, it might actually catch on fire. So, <laughs> really, you do you do need to watch out for that. Yeah, you do. Are you serious? Yep, that can happen. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, and now it's usually a shitty power supply. Like a decent power supply will have fail safes built into it. So y'all don't cheap out on your power supply. Is kind of the that's the mm, moral of I guess, the story. Okay, yeah. I see what you're saying. Because it's getting overloaded. Exactly. It's not built to handle that amount of current. And yeah. You're, okay, it's getting overheated. So okay, that makes sense. What your PSU does when you're trying to draw more power from it than it can provide, it depends entirely on how much money you spent on it. <laughs> so if you want your power supply <laughs> to do elegant things when that happens, then you're going to have to pay for it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And uh, if you bought some cheap, shitty power supply on eBay from some, like, random Taiwanese OEM or something, it might actually catch on fire and burn your house down. <laughs> so just, you know, don't don't fuck around with power supplies. Get, like, a good trusted brand like Antec or Cooler Master or, you know... You'll, you'll be mm-hmm. able to tell pretty quick what the name brand ones are. Just stick to the name brand, you know... Yeah. Buy something in the six, seven, eight hundred watt range, depending on how many trinkets you plan to have plugged in and how many fancy lights you have and all that shit. Yeah. Just just think about it, you know, make an educated guess. 
Yeah. All right. I'm gonna let's do peripherals in 20 seconds. You ready? Okay. All right. You're gonna need a monitor, a mouse, and a keyboard. Make sure your monitor is the resolution you want, and if you want the bells and whistles like G-Sync, make sure it has that. G-Sync prevents vertical tearing. <laughs> mice, you can buy cheap ones and you're fine. Keyboard, if you like mechanical, go for it, but they're gonna annoy all the people you play with, like the people me and Arjuna play with, because they're clacky. Yeah. Especially if you have a good mic. Yep. I just want to say... Oh, headset. Get a good headset. Yeah, I just want to say that the the part of your game, the, the part of your system that matters the least for your performance in the game is the keyboard. So, like, mm. if anyone's trying to hype you about buying a keyboard that's going to improve your performance in the game, it's, like, total snake oil, dude. Like, it's <laughs> it's utter bullshit. Like, anyone who has mm-hmm. a mechanical keyboard they, it's it's either because you actually want a nice keyboard because you do a lot of typing or it's it's a vanity purchase so right don't don't let someone tell you that like you know you're not playing as well because you have your random keyboard like as long as it's actually a mechanically functional keyboard that doesn't actually piss you off there's just no benefit to upgrading exactly yeah yeah i i don't I mean, yeah, you could get into the Switch technology and what's better for gaming, but mostly your keyboard is going to work for gaming regardless. Yeah, exactly. So, now, quick, yeah. quick note on mouse DPI. So uh, mice, basically, once mice hit 400 DPI, there's been like no improvements to mouse accuracy really since then what but mine has sixteen thousand dpi you're saying yeah dude i know so that's not better here's the trick is that your mouse doesn't actually have sixteen thousand dpi it's just that it's like it's performing a mathematical calculation on whatever base dpi it has which Mm. which does that and so it's not actually giving you any scaling yeah it's not (laughs) giving you better accuracy it's actually lowering your accuracy when it does that so yeah. a lot of these like Counter-Strike pros use 400 DPI mice. And okay. chances are that's a lower DPI than whatever modern mouse is that you're using right now. So mm-hmm. it's it's kind of, you know, if you want a higher sensitivity in game, just turn up the sensitivity. Don't think that whatever fancy high DPI mouse that you buy is going to make that difference for you because it's not. Mm. You You want accuracy like you want an optical your mouse to have an optic which is highly accurate and that the dpi only tells part of the story like if it's capturing 1600 dpi but all of those dots that it's capturing are shitty and it's not doing a good job of compositing them Mm. then it's not going to make a difference so you want like 400 high quality dots per inch i mean you know what i'm saying my guess on this is it's like keyboards and that they're both very mature technologies and figuring out how to track the movement of the mouse. Um, and all of them are optical now. It was solved a long time ago. And I doubt there's a huge difference between companies in terms of how that's, or at least in terms of accuracy. Um, yeah, the optics, as far as the optics are concerned, that's true. Yeah. I think getting a mouse that feels good in your hand and mm. a mouse that weighs as much as you want it to right. and a mouse that glides smoothly, yep. these can all make a really, really big difference. And of course, you know, having the buttons in the right places and right. extra buttons and shit, all that stuff matters, true. you know? True, true. Feel. And finally, yeah, I just want to say about monitors. So here's, here's a trick. If you 
buy a computer that's capable of kicking out like 90, 90 frames per second or 120 frames per second on PUBG, but your monitor runs at 60 hertz per second, you're basically only ever going to see 60 FPS because the hertz of your monitor is the amount of frames per second that your monitor is showing mm, you. Right. So that's just something to be aware of is that if you're buying a computer that you want to kick out like some crazy amount of frames per second, you need to make sure that your monitor can actually display those frames per yeah, second. Yeah, good point. Yeah. So, you know, that usually means 120 hertz minimum. 144 hertz is a safer bet. Some monitors go up to like 180. Yeah. But that's probably overkill. Yeah, I mine goes up to 144, my new one, and that's plenty. Yep. I mean, yep, getting cool. a frame rate up to that, I guess there's some games, like, <laughs> I can't, PUBG will occasionally hit 144, but it usually is maxing out around 120 on my system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is, you know, you know that your system's performing well if your game's hovering between 100 and 120 mm-hmm. FPS. Yeah. That's, that's usually buttery smooth enough, you know? Right. If if that FPS is a problem for you, then I I don't know. That's yeah, <laughs> can you imagine? Good luck. Like, of course, I would take more if I could get it yeah, for I'd cheap. More, but at but... this, like, the frames get pretty expensive after one twenty. <laughs> That, that's the kind of shit that Shroud complains about, right? He's like, "Oh my god, my frames!" and he's running at like one oh five, you know. But yeah. for the rest of us mortals, exactly, yeah. Should we talk about streaming? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let's let's so do it. So we have Soko, Sokoler, and Basic Bro standing by, and we wanted to pull them out from backstage, um, backstage of the internet, that is, and get them in here. Yeah, yeah. Are we doing both of them? Yeah, I think we should because they both stream. Okay. Yeah. Wonderful. So we'll bring both in, and then. We'll keep Basic Bro on and talk about Xbox hardware um, and kick Soko out. Unless he wants to stay. He might want to stay. We'll see. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he might. All right. So let's let's drag him in here yep. and see what happens. Just Discord drag into the chaos. Do we have a Basic Bro? We have a Basic Bro. How are you doing? <laughs> Good. Good. Hey, hey, what's up, man? Well, he's Welcome. more than just basic, but... <laughs> now and we have a soco so, what's up sounds like we have a socoler as well what's up, guys? Yeah, welcome socoler unfortunately unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> well I'd, I'd say the main unfortunate thing is that we kept you guys waiting yeah. for like fucking an I, hour i think i so. told you guys it was going to be like a half hour and we've probably been talking for close oh god it's eight forty. so <laughs> Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> really uh, sorry. Abject apologies about that. <laughs> I, I tried okay. to get him to stop talking. He wouldn't. <laughs> I, I hopped in with Soko and we started talking about cats and stuff. No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It's a worthwhile use of your time. So uh, we just covered the basics and a little more about computer hardware, CPU, GPU, RAM, hard drives, um, how that stuff kind of works together. And something I've been curious about, because I've only done a little bit of streaming, and I haven't done any streaming on my new build, and I'm curious what goes into your guys' 
um, kind of calculations when you built your system or when you made choices about your hardware in terms of being able to play a game and stream at the same time is, is a good way to kind of kick this off and we can kind of like roam around that territory. So maybe we could start off with you, Soko. I know you probably do a little bit more streaming. And so can you tell us like for starters, what your build is? Do you know what kind of like CPU and GPU you have? Yeah. So I'm going to put this out there first and everyone's going to hate me and I'm going to get a lot of shit for this. Um, I play on a laptop. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Great. Cool. Um, I have an Intel Core i7 Core i7 a processor, okay. 7th gen, uh, 1060 GTX, and uh, that's like all the specs I know. How about the 1060? Um, so he's talking about his graphics card there, the GTX yeah, it's 1060. Nvidia. Is it the 3 gig or the 6 gig? Um, I believe it's the 6 gig, but okay. it, yeah, it's been too long. Okay. But cool. I originally bought it for, well, I needed a PC, I needed a laptop for school, so I was like, oh, I'll compromise, I'll get a gaming laptop. Yeah, that was probably a good Highly call. I recommended that. Yeah. I, I don't know. You don't recommend it? I definitely it? want the desktop nowadays okay. for streaming, I think, because from what I've been looking up especially is that uh, laptop GPUs and CPUs aren't quite as powerful for whatever reason it is. Mm. Um, so your rates compared to a desktop with the same uh, hardware would perform better as a desktop than it would on mm. your laptop. I wonder if it's yeah, temperature. I, yeah, probably something with that. Yeah. I can confirm that. I've definitely I've compared performance and like the desktop will always smoke the laptop at the same specs. Mm. You know? Yeah, it's I bet it probably is an airflow because as things get hotter, they run more poorly. That's something we didn't even cover before. Yeah. I mean, I had to get a cooling pad for it because it was starting to melt your legs, have issues. Well, uh, no, I, I've always had it on a desk or something else. Okay. Yeah, I can't mm-hmm. imagine playing that on my legs. Um, but yeah, no, I just, it performs really well. The only time I ever really get, I would say, frame drops are A, when something is downloading on my computer while I'm streaming, which would drop frames for anyone. Unless you have mm-hmm. an amazing internet. Yeah. Um, or when I get extremely low FPS, which PUBG, I believe, is the only game that's actually... No, it did happen during Blackout as well, I think. Okay. Uh, a couple times. But other than that, I haven't really had any issues with my PC at all. Sure. All right, cool. And you're... Well, that that surprises me, to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, because that, that's kind of, I would call that a very mid-range system, and especially on a laptop being able to like play PUBG and stream it from the same system. Well, but I'm impressed with that. That i seven is a pretty impressive little processor. It's an I seven what, seventy yeah, seven hundred did you say? Uh seventh gen, so yeah. Seventh yeah. So that's I sevens, if you don't know anything about Intel's they like that whole line, it starts at I three, which is like fine. They're good. And then i5 is middle tier, and then i7 is top tier. But now they're looking at building i9s, which is a new They line, have them I out, believe. I believe. Are they out now? Yeah, because um, uh, uh, I think they have them on most of the esports computers, Okay, if I'm not mistaken. But that's cool to me that you're able to do that. So do you, you play at 1080p, right? Yeah, so I play resolution? at 1080p okay. resolution. And then you uh, stream, stream at 720. 720 just because, and I know a lot of people that do, just because mm-hmm. it and it, for whatever reason, the OBS encoding just flows smoother and doesn't make it look as choppy as often. Okay. But yeah, other than that, you just really need like good internet. 
All right. as well. Good to, and that's good upload speed, which is something yeah, so I don't wanna, normally pay attention to. Yeah, I recommend having at least 10 megabits upload. You can get away with less, mm-hmm. but you're going to have to end up dealing with frame drop as well as possibly your stream dropping as well. Hmm. I don't depending on how many people are on your internet and whatnot. Okay. Cool. I want to try it on my new system and just see how it, see if it can run it. But um, how about you, bro? Bro? Dude. Well, I guess, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll, t- we'll talk about my PC. I really went on a budget build. I, uh, I spent about $700 Canadian uh, on mine. Okay, so okay. I don't know that's what's about that like. five pounds. So that's about yeah, five English pounds. Five right English there. pounds or like 500 <laughs> US dollars, depending on the rate, exchange rate at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I, I did a lot of uh, Kijiji or OfferUp or eBay kind of style uh, shopping around. It took me a good I year to get my stuff. I haven't heard of most of those sites. Yeah, that right, was, yeah. What so were those There are a lot of local uh, local exchange sites. So uh, eBay, you know, lo- eBay local, yeah. OfferUp is another cool one. I don't go on those. I yeah, use Offer the Canadian version. that you can get yeah. like on your phone. So I use Kijiji a lot uh, to get a lot of stuff on sale, and eBay owns Kijiji in the Canadian uh, market here. Okay. Um, so anyways, I, I picked up a P8Z68 Asus uh, motherboard, which is from 2012, okay? And I have 16 gigabytes of DDR3 RAM. I run that at about 1866 megahertz. And mm-hmm. then my chip, I have an i7-2600K at 3.4 gigahertz. And i7-2600K. Uh, okay, so that's... Yeah, is that like a third gen or something? That's second, that's right? Because the first number is the generation. Okay, um, yeah. So I have no clue. That thing's that. old. Yeah, that it's that came out in 2012. Old. Yes. Is it yeah, a six is core? Uh, you know what I'm looking? It says cores per CPU, four logicals per core, two. So that would wow. be about. Eight, I have to I guess, say, I'm it? like kind of mm-hmm. impressed that your system does it run pretty well, or. So I overclocked it. I got a cooling, uh, a cooler for it. I mm-hmm. overclocked a water cooler actually. Overclocked it to 4.8 gigahertz. Dang. Sta- like stable. Oh. Uh, so I'm I'm running that stable right now, and I have a GTX 1060 three gigabyte the uh, MSI. MSI mm-hmm. GeForce GTX 1060. That's the one I and. Have. Yeah, and actually, I'm I'm running you know pretty good frames. Like I can run high settings, probably around 100 frames per second. That's and awesome! Then, uh, wow. Okay. Yeah, see, I, run, I run low settings, and I'm getting mm-hmm. 70 on average usually. See, I don't stream with that though. I, I put everything to low mm. when I'm streaming oh, because okay. Streamlabs OBS is very heavy. So I mm. I put it at about 80 frames per second and do that 720p that Soka was talking about. He kind of ran me through that. Mm-hmm. So I, I did that, and I saw great improvements. So I'm okay. just kind of getting into that streaming aspect for PC. Uh, but the Xbox side of things, uh, did you did you say Soko walked you through something there? Yeah. What was yeah, that? Yeah, he he told me uh, kind of the settings to put Streamlabs OBS on, like with the 720p. Okay. Yeah. He said you get a lot better resolution. Code. So yeah. and low. And put, it'll usually. Yeah. I think the default stream rate is 60 hertz for OBS. Um, yeah yeah so, so and you run but you run that. your game at 80 fps is that right correct okay yeah because your monitor still registers the 80 so if you have it on yeah yeah different monitor and like i got three monitors going on so it correct. uh kind of helps me multitask a lot more okay 
yeah, yeah that, that's so my build. Just, mm-hmm. just so you all know, um, yeah, so you can run your stream at 30 hertz. And I don't know, that might be enough for like a slower game, like if you were playing Hearthstone or something like that. But I think for a game like PUBG, that's just not going to cut it. I, mm. Can you guys like confirm or deny that? I can I would, confirm that. Yeah, I'd say for like any... Sh- I would say in general, like shooters or faster paced games, kind of like you were saying, very you, really choppy. Need, you really need a 60, 30, it, it can get by as long as you're not yeah. like, I would say as long as you don't have a really high DPI or not flicking super fast, but mm-hmm. 60 is definitely where it really shines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. What, what else did you want to ask our experts here, Robin? There's, there's one question I have, which is if you, I know you do a webcam, Soko, I'm not sure if you do basic bro when you stream. Yeah, but yeah, I was yeah. wondering how much more burden that adds to the CPU or to just the whole performance of almost of the zero. System. Really, unless you use a green screen, green screen Which is I where use. it really starts to wear and tear. Okay, on it. Yeah, so cool. I use a green screen, and I I'm not too sure of the differences yet because I'm pretty. I just kind of set it up the other week there. Mm-hmm. So in time, I'll be able to tell. But uh, yeah, Soko was mentioning that a green screen can cause some issues, which I guess does make sense because it's essentially uh, encoding the yeah. green screen in the background and then translating it to the totally. green transparent, yeah. uh, transparent background behind you, right? So yeah. if you want a green screen at all for your stream, basically, I, w- I would recommend for webcams the Logitech C920 at least or better. Bottom line, that's what you'd want. Because the other ones just don't... They aren't optimized very well for it. And they cause okay. a lot of frame drop with both OBS and slobs. So mm. I'll have to upgrade okay. that next. I'm just running like a $30 Logitech webcam right now. So Yeah, and I think it's only like 35 bucks on Amazon is what I bought mine for. So they're relatively cheap. And I think, well, Cyber Monday is coming up in, here in a month and a half or so. So it might okay. be good to snag it then. Yeah, cool. I'll be on the Mine's kind of a yeah. cheapy, like a $30 Logitech. Yep. Some, I can't remember the model number, but... They're not too yeah. expensive, which is nice. Once I grow my mullet out a little more, I'll get the webcam. <laughs> <up before. laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm curious uh, what your setup is, basic bro, for when you stream from your Xbox. Okay, so yeah, I just kind of got this under wraps now. Uh, this last week on my days off, I got a chance to really get that set up. And actually, I get very good performance with the Xbox. I just recently upgraded to the Xbox One X because the OG Xbox uh, just can't cut it. It drops down to about 15 to 20 frames per second when you're playing PUBG and it's just unplayable. It seems like the Xbox will have a heart attack. So I had to upgrade it. <laughs> um, so what I do is I, I stream to my Xbox app on my PC. I, I stream to that on one monitor, and then I have the actual monitor that I play on connected directly to my Xbox, so I get the best uh, response time. And then I use Streamlabs OBS, and I do the window over the stream capture uh, PC monitor that I'm sending sending my stream to. So that's why I have the three monitors, because I can game on one, have the stream running on another, and capture that stream and then have OBS and my chat log oh my on my far left side. Wait. Damn, dude. <laughs> so it works out really well, actually. I don't need so, to really get a capture card. Um, that's go wild. Ahead. Wait, does your... So the monitor in the middle is taking the gameplay from your Xbox. Or wait, no, no, no. Uh, the, 
the monitor I have two monitors on my left hand side. So but yeah, the middle but one is capturing the DVR uh, stream, so it's sending it. Uh, you have to have uh, direct wire connections to get really good, uh, good streaming. To your computer quality to your computer. Yeah, so, exactly. Okay. So there's so, a wire from your Xbox to your computer, and you're and, streaming the video. And that's, so, so that's Ethernet, right? Are you, is Ethernet, it yeah. Cable? So essentially, okay, okay. the uh, everything's going like to the router. So I have a gigabit right. port uh, splitter. So I have an Ethernet cable coming out of that to my Xbox and one coming out of that again to my PC. And it's just mm. streaming over your home network. So yeah, I'd recommend uh, at least 150 uh, up and down for a local uh, local kind of infrastructure if you're going to be doing down. that. Most okay. router most yeah, routers support was, that these days. I was going to so. say, dude, we, we don't get that in America, man. <laughs> but within your, within your house, you will. It's just your local oh, network, right? Okay. So that's okay. all you need. Yeah. Yeah. And then whatever's then going out, uh, whatever machine, you can manage. From your computer to the internet in yeah. the wider world might be much lower. Okay. Yes, yes. But uh, to make that have a very low uh, latency or response time, that's what you want to get. So it works great for me anyways. Um, but I guess if you guys want to find out a bit more uh, if you guys want to find a bit more out about the Xbox specs, I can definitely run you guys through that as well. Compared comparing like the OG Xbox One to the Xbox One X uh, right. graphical performances. Yeah, I I saw that you had a lot of notes on it, and I'm wondering mm-hmm. we're an hour and a half into the show. <laughs> kind of I can run. How- I can run through it quickly. I can briefly do a quick overview if you guys Maybe want. Maybe that's a good idea. Through we could do it a in like three minutes here, and then if you want to do a deep dive or a deep dive rather yeah. in the Xbox corner, then we could do yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. Because I'm curious. I do want to know like the brief rundown at least. Yeah, so I guess to you know put put things simply is the OG Xbox One GPU is comparative to a GTX 465, which can hardly even run PUBG, right? Oh. So it's 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 pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. And for PUBG, you know, Blue Hole to be able to actually run PUBG on an OG Xbox One is very impressive. That's why they've been having so many issues when it comes down to it. So if you're looking on a point scale, uh, the benchmark rating of the Xbox GPU is around 3000 on the OG Xbox One. And the minimum suggested requirements on PC are a GTX 960, which runs at close to 6000 points. Okay, oh, so that's damn. nearly twice the performance and output at uh, compared wow. to the OG Xbox One. And that was the, which so model we'll jump to the Xbox. Xbox? That that's the Xbox, the original Xbox okay. One. So and then the Xbox One S uh, bumps it up a few notches and it gets you about a GTX 660, which is around forty three hundred points. Okay. And then the Xbox One X, it's about three times stronger than the OG Xbox. So the most comparative graphics card is the Radeon RX 580 or the GTX 970, and that's about 8,500 point uh, scale, like on the scale. So, do so they, are they equivalent to those cards, or do they actually have... What are, Do you know what graphics chip they have? They're, they're their own, their own, own thing. graphics chips. Yeah, okay. so... And then CPU performance, it's a whole other story. Like the Xbox One runs at 1.75 gigahertz with only 8 gigabytes of DDR3 RAM. And then the X uh, runs overclocked at 2.3 gigahertz uh, with 12 gigabytes of GDDR5 RAM. So it's different. It allows for different processing. DDR5, um, okay. 
Yeah, it's essentially GDDR5 from what I understand. Uh, it's a memory yeah, that can operate world, at a higher bandwidth. Much stuck back at GDDR4, which Yeah. They're fine. both the same actually. They're okay. both very similar. Just one uh-huh. the GDDR GDDR5 is more effective at a lower clock speed, mm. which is why the Xbox at 2.3 gigahertz functions very well still. Okay. Um, and it allows for more room to work with 4K gaming. So Got it. That's that's it in a nutshell really. Gigahertz. That's so. a really low clock speed for a I mean, I. It is. I don't know oh, yeah. console clock speeds typically, but compared to gaming CPUs, like where the the kind of low level gaming CPU would be around three point two or three point five, I'd say. Yeah, mm. it's it's well, it's pretty nice. Consoles get a, you know, consoles get away with it because they're running a, a heavily modified like the Xbox is running a heavily modified version mm-hmm. of Windows basically, and you know, there's all kinds of normal use case processes and optimizations for windows to you know run your microsoft office and your web browser and all that other shit that don't need to run on the xbox and so they they shave away some of the necessity for the hardware there oh exactly and that gddr5 ram uh really allows you know a lot more memory to be processed um faster essentially okay for for the xbox dedicated uh, console, so right? I, I wanted to ask mm-hmm. this because this is actually a hole in my knowledge. If you have an Xbox One X, I know it's designed to kick out 4K, but can you run it at 1080? So if you don't have a 4K monitor, it actually uh, downscales it for you. So it'll it'll still run, it'll essentially run at the 4K, but it downscales it to 1080 if you don't have a 4K monitor. So so you can't like put it into a native 1080 mode and just get like a much higher performance out of it is that kind of Yeah so the way the way I understand um I was talking to one heart about this I think it was one heart I was talking to about this but uh yeah it just you know it downscales it and then it gives you that uh it just it just puts it at 1080 but I think the game still uh you know, runs it at that that 4K setting that the Xbox One X is designed to use, so it doesn't really right. recognize the differences. Um, it just downscales yeah. it, scales it for your monitor. So that that really interests me, and it it that's one thing that I've been curious about is that it does seem like a lot of these consoles do they have like their native resolution, which is basically can't be changed. Um, and it, it that's a little bit unfortunate to me because I have a feeling mm-hmm. if you could like go into the settings and basically just convert your Xbox One X into a 1080 machine, I have a feeling it would run PUBG like flawlessly. Yeah, and you know what? Like it does run PUBG very well as is. Uh, now at 4K, which is impressive. Yeah. Yes, and even on, on the downscaled settings, it it looks very nice too. From what I've been playing with, like I just picked up the Xbox One X, and it it's been running very smoothly for me. Now I know the OG Xbox, you could downscale it from 1080 to 720p, but you're just talking very, uh, you know, very uh, blurry blurry graphics. Yeah. I guess when you're playing PUBG, <laughs> like it's pretty terrible. Hmm. It's probably really craptastic. So, yeah. yeah. Is there good benchmarking information comparing the different models of Xboxes? Um, there's not a lot really. It's just those point systems that I had knocked out there. Uh, okay. It was kind of hard to to really find anything comparative. I'm, that's exactly what I'm finding. I'm just doing some like 
I'm asking questions yeah. that I'm used to asking on PC, like Xbox mm-hmm. One S versus Xbox X benchmark FPS, and I'm not getting results that are nearly as succinct or well organized that I'm used to with PC. So I think that's because obviously we're the Xbox gamers. isn't like a DIY community, <laughs> so people aren't asking the same types of questions. Um, yeah, it's kind of like here you got this, you're stuck with it, yeah. kind of deal with it. Mm-hmm. So. They just yeah. try to, you know, they try to get the 60 frames per second for everybody, but now graphics uh, are are kind of, you know, bumped up a notch and they got the Xbox One X. Like, I, I feel like the Xbox One X should have just been its own system, but mm-hmm. there's so many, you know, cross-play games and uh, cross-compatibility. Uh, go, yeah. There's so much cross-compatibility going on that it makes it hard, right? So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's more than I knew before about Xbox. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Yeah, I I really appreciate that. I would yeah, definitely be interested to to go a bit deeper on that in the future too. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um. Cool. All right. Well, uh, I don't know. Is is there anything else that any of us feel compelled to say about hardware? Do your research. Don't don't <laughs> yeah. just take someone's word for it. Like it's always better to know your hardware. Even if you know, like, oh, yeah, this is the best from everyone. Well, make sure you know so that you can't, yeah. like, mm. mess up. So. Yeah, do your homework. It's, it's, it sucks to research at first, I think. It's kind of intimidating. But once you get once you start ending, understanding a few terms, um, it starts coming together. And then it feels empowering. So, yeah, dig in. Another, another thing that I would mention is that don't be intimidated by the actual physical acts of putting a computer together. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if you've never done it before, it could, it could almost seem like working on your car or, you know, just like, or like trying to open up your television and repair it or something. Mm-hmm. It is not at all like either of those things. Yeah. It's like Lego. It's like putting it, together a Lego Exactly. Set. That's exactly what yeah. I was going to say. I used to work with kids at a boys and girls club and I ran the tech lab and during special events, um, actually just during like normal days, sometimes we would do like a PC hardware session and I would let these like eight year olds like pull CPUs out and stuff. So <laughs> Maybe actually that's not true. I didn't let them pull out the CPU cause I didn't want to bother with the paste, the but we were pulling paste, out, yeah. we were pulling out RAM and like unplugging power cords and stuff like that. So it's pretty Lego-y, um, there's a couple of wires with the front panel and stuff that you might have to look up some documentation for, but it's pr- pretty straightforward otherwise, once you know the basics. So you won't break it. Yeah, that was my first build, and I, I had a good time taking it apart and everything. is pr- is very straightforward. Yeah. Didn't even refer to a manual. Just kind of looked at it and said, okay, this looks like it fits here, and this looks like <laughs> it fits there. It's always a little scary, like the first time you plug in a graphics card. It sometimes you really have to like jam it in or like the boards bending, and <laughs> but this stuff's all like surprisingly robust and flexible. Yeah, just mm-hmm. do not mess with your settings on the back end and try to overclock it yourself without a water cooler or mm. without proper cooling because you can fry your computer mm. and never overclock mm-hmm. a laptop. Sage advice. I think Arjuna, you mentioned Linus Tech Tips earlier, and he's a great resource. It makes learning about this stuff actually really fun. Um, He does a tech show, and he's putting out episodes like every day about some tech issue. 
And he's just got a really fun presentation and personality and very good information. So check him out if you're at all interested in this stuff and you'll naturally pick up and learn um, just from watching him. Yeah, that's a great point. Another resource I highly recommend is Tom's Hardware. They have just been, that community has been around forever and it's just full of people who have opinions about hardware and you can ask pretty much any question on the, in their forums and or, or find a question like yours and you'll get some really good info there. Mm-hmm. So, yep. and then Passmark, I mean, any CPU you want to look at benchmarks for, you just type in Passmark and then the name of the CPU and that website has more information on it than you would ever be able to read in your lifetime. Like it's just unbelievable. Mm. So they do, they do really good lineups. Like, um, you know, the top 10 processes for the money or like, they'll actually break down like, like cycles per dollar <laughs> that you're getting Whoa, out of processes. So awesome. you can like, you can dig deep into like your cost versus performance analysis on that site, which is really sweet. Awesome. Yeah. It's like the stock exchange of, of CPUs. <laughs> <laughs> so right on. Should, should we outro this? Yeah. Let's let's do it. Dudes, thanks so much, Basic Bro and Sokola, for waiting an hour and a half. And also to, being uh, <laughs> like responsive to our really last minute request to be on the show. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> hey, not a problem. Yeah. yeah. It's looking you forward guys to are it. Amazing. Mm-hmm. So, real quick, uh, where can people find you in the world? Let's start with Sokola. Uh, you guys can find me at twitch.tv slash Sokoler, S O C O L E R. I stream most weeknights if I can. Otherwise, I'm always on the weekends all the time. Uh, yeah, and I'm active in the Winway Discord a lot. So if you just at me in there, I'll 100% probably see your message and get back to you. I, I like that. 100% probably. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> a very good chance. <laughs> that, that's a good probably, man. I'll take that probably. <laughs> How about you, the basic bro? Uh, you can find me on Mixer and on Twitch, uh, both forward slash the basic bro. And also I'm on Xbox, the basic bro. That's the space basic space bro. Um, and yeah, you can also find me on Discord. Just message me anytime. I'd be happy to respond. So, and I am on you know every other week. I'm on usually during the day and and most evenings. Uh, I work work seven days on, seven days off. So on my seven days off, you'll find me on quite a bit. So, all right. Thanks for coming, guys. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. And thank you all at home for listening. We're going to make this wrap up real quick. Just check the show notes is basically it. You know, just just look at the show notes. They'll tell you everything about joining our Discord and joining us on Patreon and, you know, pictures of Robin in the morning and, you know, whatever it is. <laughs> about the COD for drawing that MTV Trigger's doing. They'll tell you about uh, who does, lets us use his music, Mr. Spiffy Man. Thank you, Spiffy Man. You are so spiffy. The spiffiest. <laughs> and, <laughs> and let's call the show a wrap. All right. All right. See you next week, guys. Bye.